Part One, Chapters One and Two of Doctor Doolittle's Post Office. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Doctor Doolittle's Post Office by Hugh Lofting. Part One, Chapter One, Zuzana. One morning in the first week of the return voyage, when Doctor Doolittle and his animals were all sitting at breakfast round the big table in the cabin, one of the swallows came down and said that he wanted to speak to the doctor john doolittle at once left the table and went out into the passage where he found the swallow leader himself a very neat trim little bird with long long wings and sharp snappy black eyes speedy the skimmer he was called a name truly famous throughout the whole of the feathered world he was the champion flycatcher and aerial acrobat of europe africa asia and america for years every summer he had won all the flying races having broken his own record only last year by crossing the Atlantic in eleven and a half hours, at a speed of over two hundred miles an hour. "'Well, Speedy,' said John Doolittle, "'what is it?' "'Doctor,' said the little bird in a mysterious whisper, "'we have sighted a canoe about a mile ahead of the ship, and a little to the eastward, with only a black woman in it. She is weeping bitterly, and isn't paddling the canoe at all. She is several miles from land, ten at least, I should say, because at the moment we are crossing the Bay of Fantibo and can only just see the shore of Africa. She is really in dangerous straits, with such a little bit of a boat that far out at sea. But she doesn't seem to care. She's just sitting at the bottom of the canoe, crying, as if she didn't mind what happens to her i wish you would come and speak to her for we fear she is in great trouble all right said the doctor fly slowly on to where the canoe is and i will steer the ship to follow you so john doolittle went up on deck and by steering the boat after the guiding swallows he presently saw a small dark canoe rising and falling on the waves it looked so tiny on the wide face of the waters that it could be taken for a log or stick or indeed missed altogether unless you were close enough to see it in the canoe sat a woman with her head bowed down upon her knees what's the matter shouted the doctor as soon as he was near enough to make the woman hear why have you come so far from the land don't you know that you are in great danger if a storm should come up slowly the woman raised her head go away said she and leave me to my sorrow have not you white men done enough harm john doolittle steered the boat up closer still and continued to talk to the woman in a kindly way but she seemed for a long time to mistrust him because he was a white man little by little however the doctor won her confidence and at last still weeping bitterly she told him her story these were the days you must understand when slavery was being done away with to capture to buy or to sell slaves had in fact been strictly forbidden by most governments but certain bad men still came down to the west coast of africa and captured or bought slaves secretly and took them away in ships to other lands to work on cotton and tobacco plantations some african kings sold prisoners they had taken in war to these men and made a great deal of money that way well this woman in the canoe belonged to a tribe which had been at war with the king of fantippo 
an african kingdom situated on the coast near which the swallows had seen the canoe and in this war the king of antipo had taken many prisoners among whom was the woman's husband shortly after the war was over some white men in a ship had called at the kingdom of antipo to see if they could buy slaves for tobacco plantations and when the king had heard how much money they were willing to give for black slaves he thought he would sell them the prisoners he had taken in the war this woman's name was susanna and her husband was a very strong and fine-looking man the king of antipo would have kept susanna's husband for this reason because he liked to have strong men at his court but the slave traders also wanted strong men for they could do a lot of work on the plantations and they offered the king of antipo a specially high price for susanna's husband and the king had sold him susanna described to the doctor how she had followed the white man's ship a long way out in a canoe imploring them to give her back her husband but they had only laughed at her and gone on their way and their ship had soon passed out of sight that was why she said she hated all white men and had not wanted to speak to the doctor when he had held her canoe the doctor was dreadfully angry when he had heard the story and he asked susanna how long ago was it that the slaver ship bearing her husband had left she told him it was half an hour ago without her husband she said life meant nothing to her and when the ship had passed from view going northward along the coast she had burst into tears and just let the canoe drift not even having the heart to paddle back to land the doctor told the woman that no matter what it cost he was going to help her and he was all for speeding up his ship and going in chase of the slave boat right away but dab dab the duck warned him that this boat was very slow and that its sails could be easily seen by the slavers he would never allow it to come near them so the doctor put down his anchor and leaving the ship where it was got into the woman's canoe then calling to the swallows to help him as guides he set off northward along the coast looking into all the bays and behind all the islands for the slave ship which had taken susanna's husband but after many hours of fruitless search night began to come on and the swallows who were acting as guides could no longer see big distances for there was no moon poor susanna began weeping some more when the doctor said he would have to give up for the night by morning said she the ship of the wicked slave dealers will be many miles away and i shall never get my husband back alas alas the doctor comforted her as best he could saying that if he failed he would get her another husband just as good but she didn't seem to care for that idea and went on wailing alas alas she made such a noise that the doctor couldn't get to sleep on the bottom of the canoe which wasn't very comfortable anyway so he had to sit up and listen some of the swallows were still with him sitting on the edge of the canoe and the famous skimmer the leader was also there they and the doctor were talking over what they could do when suddenly the skimmer said shh look and pointed out to the westward over the dark heaving sea even susanna stopped her wailing and turned to look and there away out on the dim black edge of the ocean 
they could see a tiny light a ship cried the doctor yes said speedy that's a ship sure enough i wonder if it's another slave ship well if it's a slave ship it's not the one we're looking for said the doctor because it's in the wrong direction the one we're after went northward listen doctor said speedy the skimmer suppose i fly over to it and see what kind of ship it is and come back and tell you who knows it might be able to help us all right speedy thank you said the doctor so the skimmer sped off into the darkness toward the tiny light far out to sea while the doctor fell to wondering how his own ship was getting on which he had left at anchor some miles down the coast to the southward after twenty minutes had gone by john dolittle began to get worried because the skimmer with his tremendous speed should have had time to get there and back long ago but soon with a flirt of the wings the famous leader made a neat circle in the darkness overhead and dropped light as a feather on to the doctor's knee well said john dolittle what kind of a ship was it it's a big ship panted the skimmer with tall high masts and i should judge a fast one but it is coming this way and it is sailing with great care afraid i imagine of shallows and sandbars it is a very neat ship smart and new-looking all over and there are great big guns cannons looking out of little doors in her sides the men on her too are all well dressed in smart blue clothes not like ordinary seamen at all and on the ship's hull was painted some lettering her name i suppose of course i couldn't read it but i remember what it looked like give me your hand and i'll show you then the skimmer with one of his claws began tracing out some letters on the doctor's palm before he had got very far john dolittle sprang up nearly overturning the canoe h m s he cried that means her majesty's ship it's a man-of-war a navy vessel the very thing we want to deal with slave traders chapter two the doctor's reception on the warship then the doctor and susanna started to paddle their canoe for all they were worth in the direction of the light the night was calm but the long swell of the ocean swung the little canoe up and down like a seesaw and it needed all susanna's skill to keep it in a straight line after about an hour had gone by the doctor noticed that the ship they were trying to reach was no longer coming toward them but seemed to have stopped and when he finally came up beneath its towering shape in the darkness he saw the reason why the man-of-war had run into his own ship which he had left at anchor with no lights however the navy vessel had fortunately been going so carefully that no serious damage it seemed had been done to either ship finding a rope ladder hanging on the side of the man-of-war john dolittle climbed up it with susanna and went aboard to see the captain he found the captain strutting the quarter-deck mumbling to himself good evening said the doctor politely nice weather we're having the captain came up to him and shook his fist in his face are you the owner of that noah's ark down there he stormed pointing to the other ship alongside uh yes temporarily said the doctor 
Why? Well, will you be so good? Snarled the captain, his face all out of shape with rage. As to tell me what in thunder you mean by leaving your old junk at anchor on a dark night without any lights, what kind of sailor are you? Here I bring Her Majesty's latest cruiser after Jimmy Bones, the slave trader. Been hunting him for weeks, I have. And as though the beastly coast wasn't difficult enough as it is, I bump into a craft riding at anchor with no lights. Luckily, I was going slow, taking soundings, or we might have gone down with all hands. I hallooed to your ship and got no answer. So I go aboard her with pistols ready, thinking maybe she's a slaver trying to play tricks on me. I creep all over the ship, but not a soul do I meet. At last in the cabin, I find a pig asleep in an armchair. Do you usually leave your craft in the charge of a pig with orders to go to sleep? If you own the ship, why aren't you on her? Where have you been? I was out canoeing with a lady, said the doctor, and he smiled comfortingly at Susanna, who was beginning to weep again canoeing with a lady spluttered the captain well i'll be yes said the doctor let me introduce you this is zuzanna captain uh but the captain interrupted him by calling for a sailor who stood near i'll teach you to leave noah's ark at anchor on the high seas for the navy to bump into my fine deep sea philanderer think the shipping laws are made for a joke here he turned to the sailor who had come in answer to his call master-at-arms put this man under arrest ay ay sir said the master-at-arms and before the doctor knew it he had handcuffs fastened firmly on his wrists but this lady was in distress said the doctor i was in such a hurry i forgot all about lighting the ship in fact it wasn't dark yet when i left "'Take him below!' roared the captain. "'Take him below before I kill him!' And the poor doctor was dragged away by the master-at-arms toward a stair leading to the lower decks. But at the head of the stairs he caught hold of the handrail and hung on long enough to shout back to the captain. "'I could tell you where Jimmy Bones is if I wanted to.' "'What's that?' snorted the captain. "'Here, bring him back. What was that you said? I said, murmured the doctor, getting his handkerchief out and blowing his nose with his handcuffed hands, that I could tell you where Jimmy Bones is, if I wanted to. Jimmy Bones the slaver? cried the captain. That's the man the government has sent me after. Where is he? My memory doesn't work very well while my hands are tied, said the doctor quietly nodding toward the handcuffs. Perhaps if you took these things off, I might remember. Oh, excuse me, said the captain, his manner changing at once. Master-at-arms, release the prisoner. Aye, aye, sir, said the sailor, removing the handcuffs from the doctor's wrists and turning to go. Oh, and by the way, the captain called after him, bring a chair up on deck. Perhaps our visitor is tired. Then John Doodlittle told the captain the whole story of Susanna and her troubles, 
and all the other officers on the ship gathered around to listen and i have no doubt the doctor ended that this slaver who took away the woman's husband was no other than jimmy bones the man you are after quite so said the captain i know he is somewhere around the coast but where is he now he's a difficult fish to catch he has gone northward said the doctor but your ship is fast and should be able to overtake him if he hides in some of these bays and creeks i have several birds here with me who can as soon as it is light seek him out for us and tell us where he is the captain looked with astonishment into the faces of his listening officers who all smiled unbelievingly what do you mean birds the captain asked pigeons trained canaries or something no said the doctor i mean the swallows who are going back to england for the summer they very kindly offered to guide my ship home they're friends of mine you see this time the officers all burst out laughing and tapped their foreheads knowingly to show they thought the doctor was crazy and the captain thinking he was being made a fool of flew into a rage once more and was all for having the doctor arrested again but the officer who was second in command whispered in the captain's ear why not take the old fellow along and let him try sir our course was northward anyway i seem to remember hearing something when i was attached to the home fleet about an old chap in the west countries who had some strange powers with beasts and birds i have no doubt this is he doolittle he was called he seems harmless enough there's just a chance he may be of some assistance to us the natives evidently trust him or the woman wouldn't have come with him you know how scared they are of putting to sea with a white man after a moment's thought the captain turned to the doctor again you sound clean crazy to me my good man but if you can put me in the way of capturing jimmy bones the slaver i don't care what means you use to do it as soon as the day breaks we will get under way but if you are just amusing yourself at the expense of her majesty's navy i warn you it will be the worst day's work for yourself you ever did now go and put riding lights on that ark of yours and tell the pig that if he lets them go out he shall be made into rashers of bacon for the officer's mess there was much laughter and joking as the doctor climbed over the side and went back to his own ship to get his light slipped but the next morning when he came back to the man-o-war and about a thousand swallows came with him the officers of her majesty's navy were not nearly so inclined to make fun of him the sun was just rising over the distant coast of africa and it was as beautiful a morning as you could wish to see speedy the skimmer had arranged plans with the doctor overnight and long before the great warship pulled up her anchor and swung around upon her course the famous swallow leader was miles ahead with a band of picked hunters exploring up creeks and examining all the hollows of the coast where the slave trader might be hiding speedy had agreed with the doctor upon a sort of overhead telegraph system to be carried on by the swallows and as soon as the millions of little birds had spread themselves out in a line along the coast so that the sky was speckled with them as far as the eye could reach they began passing messages by whistling to one another all the way from the scouts in front back to the doctor on the warship to give news of how the hunt was progressing 
and somewhere about noon word came through that bones slave ship had been sighted behind a long high cape great care must be taken the message said because the slave ship was in all readiness to sail at a moment's notice the slavers had only stopped to get water and lookouts were posted to warn them to return at once if necessary when the doctor told this to the captain the man-o-war changed her course still closer inshore to keep behind the cover of the long cape all the sailors were warned to keep very quiet so the navy ship could sneak up on the slaver unawares now the captain expecting the slavers to put up a fight also gave orders to get the guns ready and just as they were about to round the long cape one of the silly gunners let a gun off by accident boom the shot went rolling and echoing over the silent sea like angry thunder instantly came back word over the swallow's telegraph line that the slavers were warned and were escaping and sure enough when the warship rounded the cape at last there was the slave ship putting out to sea with all sail set and a good ten mile start on the man-o-war end of part one chapter two